Proverbs 22, though, will be our start-off point. Let's all stand together, if you would, with me. Proverbs chapter 22. And I want you to read aloud with me uh, together in unison. If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, allow them to look on with you. Proverbs 22 and verse 4. Let's read it together. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Let's do that one again. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Father, we want to thank you so much for the opportunity to be in church, for the freedom and liberty that we have in our country to do so. Lord, help us to be responsible. Help us to have tonight ears to hear. I pray, Lord, that you would fill me with the Spirit of God as I preach your word. Lord, without you, I can do absolutely nothing. And you've, you've reminded us of, of that throughout your word. But Father, it's, it is so true. Uh, we so desperately need you. We need you tonight to help us to hear. I need you tonight to help me to speak. We ask, Father, that, that you would uh, convey uh, such an important uh, subject tonight to our hearts. And uh, we, we just ask, Father, that, that you would do a work that only you can do in each and every one of our hearts for us. In Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Proverbs 22, 4, once again, says, By humility and fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. You find this all the way through the book of Proverbs. Honestly, you find it all the way through the Bible, the importance of the fear of the Lord. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. That's what I'm going to preach on tonight is the importance of fearing God. You hear a lot today about, about the love of the Lord, and rightfully so. The Bible says that God is love. Uh, and the Bible says that by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, that ye have love one toward another. Love is a very, very important subject. But also, so is the fear of the Lord. And uh, I, I find there is very little preaching today uh, being done on the fear of the Lord. And I, I, think, I think that because of that, we, we are suffering some consequences we're suffering it in, in churches. We're suffering it individually in families. We're also suffering uh, from that nationally. Uh, the, 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 the fear of the Lord is a beneficial doctrine that you find in, in the Word of God. Uh, it's a foundational doctrine. Uh, you've heard me quote often, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Well, it's the beginning. That means it's a foundational thing. And not only that, but there are some tremendous benefits that come uh, by, by fearing the Lord. Uh, be, if a person fears the Lord, they're able to overcome sinful habits that you wouldn't be able to overcome otherwise. Proverbs 16, verse 6 says, By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. In other words, when, if you fear consequences, if you fear God then you'll stay away from those things that God tells us are evil. Uh, another benefit of the fear of the Lord is it, it's the beginning of learning knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, Proverbs 1.7. It's uh, the beginning of being wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding, Proverbs 9.10. Uh, it gives us long life, according to Proverbs 10, 27. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days. 
but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Um, one of the things that I, that I, a statistic I heard just recently, and I don't remember the exact number, but uh, they said for, for quite a few years that our, our uh, longevity of life uh, has been rising as an average in America. And within the last couple of years, that average has started to go in the other direction. It's going in the other direction, not, not, just, not just for one group of people, but for people in general. Um, an, another benefit of the fear of the Lord is, is to, to learn contentment. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 16 says, Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. It helps us to learn how to be content. It, it, uh, as, as we read in our text uh, this evening, it, it gives us riches, honor, and life. And it says, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. And by the way, that humility and the fear of the Lord are a team, okay? Uh, if you want the right kind of fear of the Lord, you have to also have humility. And those two together uh, give, us, give us the proper, uh, proper attitude toward God and toward life. Uh, another benefit of the fear of the Lord is it helps us experience true worship. Um, in Psalm 5 and verse 7, it says, But as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Uh, th and this is, this is missing today. There is a, there's an irreverence oftentimes when it comes to worship or when it comes to just addressing or acknowledging God, that uh, the Bible says there ought to be a, a, a foundation of fear there. Um, in order to, to have no wants, you have to have the fear of the Lord. In other words, in order to have proper desires. In uh, Psalm 34, 9, it says, oh, oh, fear the Lord, ye saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. If you have if you have proper fear of the Lord, you'll, you'll, not have, you'll have proper desires and you'll have no wants. Uh, in order to experience God's salvation, you've got to have the fear of the Lord. Um, it's important for folks when they get saved to understand the love of God, but it's also important for them to know the fear of God. And that balance has to be there. That's why when, when we show folks how to... How to uh, witness to someone and how to tell someone about salvation. You start out with the fear of the Lord. You're a sinner on your way to hell. And, and uh, you can't save yourself. Uh, the Bible says that, it's, that salvation is not of works, lest any man should boast. There's nothing you can do because God did it all when he died on the cross for our sins. And then you go into the fact that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Uh, he he uh, uh, took on human form. In fact, that's what Christmas is all about. Uh, he took on human form. God manifested in the flesh so that one day he may, might die on the cross, be the perfect sacrifice for our sin. And, and uh, we can trust him as Savior. Those two work together, fear and love. Oftentimes it's unbalanced. It's either one or the other, and it's got to be both. Uh, another, another benefit of uh, the fear of the Lord. Oh, and by the way, that verse is uh, Psalm 85, 9. Surely his salvation is nigh uh, them that fear him, that, that glory may dwell uh, in our Lord. Uh, in other words, fear of the Lord is an essential when it comes to salvation. 
Uh, it's, it it's, it uh, allows us to have daily provision. Psalm 111 and verse 5. He hath given meat unto them that fear him. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. Uh, the fear of the Lord uh, gives, uh, allows us to have uh, uh, and experience strong confidence. Uh, not self-confidence, but confidence in our God. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 26, And the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. Another benefit of the fear of the Lord is that it gives us a life that's a satisfying life. There's a lot, of, a, a lot of talk today about being fulfilled in life. You know, I, 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 need to, I need to feel fulfillment. Well, let me tell you where to start. Start with fearing the Lord. In Proverbs 19, verse 23, it says, The fear of the Lord tendeth to life, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. Uh, in order to know the secrets of the Lord, we need to fear the Lord. In Psalm 25 and verse 14, it says, The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Uh, in order to experience God's goodness, we have to fear the Lord. Uh, oh, how, in, in Psalm 31, 19, it says, Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which uh, thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Uh, in, in order to experience the goodness of God, you've got to fear the Lord. Uh, we have to fear the Lord in order to have constant protection. And when we fear him, he protects us. Psalm 33, 18 and 19 says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him upon them that, that hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Uh, God gives a special protection to those who fear him. Uh, in order to be delivered from trouble, we need to fear the Lord. Psalm 34, verse 7, it says, The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. Uh, Psalm 60, verse 4 says, uh, Thou hast given a banner to them that fear thee, that it may be displayed because of the truth. And in order to find truth, we need to fear the Lord, and he'll lead us into truth. Um, in order to receive a special heritage and a special blessing, we need to fear the Lord. Psalm 61 and verse 5, For thou, O God, hast heard my vows, Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. Uh, in order to receive the mercy of God, you've got to have the fear of the Lord. Psalm 103 and verse, verse 11. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. Uh, in order to properly bring delight to God. You know, we were talking about that this morning. One of the purposes of, of us being on this earth is to give him pleasure. In order to give him that pleasure and delight, we have to fear him. Psalm 147, verse 11, the Lord, hath ta uh, take, the Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him and those that hope in his mercy. And then last of all, in order to, to be a special treasure, and there is a promise in the, the book of Malachi that uh, tells us that we can be a special treasure in the heart of God 
if we just simply fear the Lord. Malachi chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. It says, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. And the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels. There's just a special place in the heart of God for those that, that fear him. What I just gave you were 22 different benefits that the word of God tells us that uh, we can have if we just simply fear the Lord. Now, what if we don't fear the Lord? Now, proper fear of the Lord is good. We are, you know, I, I, I have heard over the years, uh, society talk about, you know, Fear is a bad thing. Uh, you don't want children to fear things because then they'll, they'll uh, live in fear and trepidation their whole life. No, proper fear is a good thing. Uh, you teach your children to fear the traffic that can, uh, that's out in front of your, your house because if you go out there at the wrong time, it could kill you, it could hurt you, it could harm you. You teach a, a child that uh, fire is good, but it's also to be respected and to be feared. And uh, because why? Well, because it could burn you, it could do, do terrible damage. So there are, there are some consequences of not fearing the Lord. And uh, one of the consequences is if, if, a, if a person does not fear the Lord, then there's no restraint in that individual's life when it comes to evil. You see that in individuals, you see that in society. In Romans chapter 3, and verses 10 through 18, it says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher with their tongues, they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and, and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. Why? Because it's, it concludes with, there is no fear of God before their eyes. And because there is no fear of God, there's no restraint of evil and that just lives to, leads to a miserable life. Um, there, there's no perfecting of holiness. You can't get to the level in your Christian life that God wants you to get to if, if you do not have the fear of the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1 says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of, of God. Uh, if, if you don't have the fear of the Lord, there's no scriptural submission. If you're, not fear, if you're not fearful of God, you're going to not be fearful of other authorities that are over you as well. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21 says, Submitting yourselves one to another. How? In the fear of God. In other words, we ought to submit to authority, not because we first and foremost fear the authority, but because we first and foremost have a fear of God in our hearts. If, if you don't have the fear of the Lord, there's no maturity 
in salvation. And I, I believe this is one of the key factors of, of Christians becoming mature and growing in Christ is the fear of the Lord. Philippians chapter 2 Verses 12 and 13 says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And it doesn't, some people read that and they say, see, it says right there, you're supposed to work for your salvation. That isn't what it says. It says, work out your own salvation. with." In other words, what God has worked in, because you have trusted Jesus Christ and believed on him as your Savior, you're to work it out and you're to do so with, with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Uh, if, if a person does not have the fear of the Lord, there really is no effective witnessing. In fact, we were talking about this the other day, I think it was last night, um, about the fact that uh, people can say that they, they believe something, they can say that they give mental assent to something, but you really see what they really do believe by how they, they act. And if you don't have the fear of the Lord, you're not going to effectively witness, and you're not really going to witness as much. First uh, Peter chapter 3 and verse 15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. In other words, have a, a humble and a meek heart when you witness to someone, but have some fear in your heart. It's not fear for yourself, it's fear for them, because you know that God is a God to be feared. And, and, and that's one of the reasons why we need to witness is to explain to them the consequences of not trusting Christ as Savior. And then there, there's no fulfilling of, of godly desires uh, if we don't have the fear of the Lord. In Psalm 145 and verse 19 says, he will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. So if, it, it's impossible to have our desires properly filled if we don't have a fear of the Lord. Now, what is the fear of the Lord? What, what, what are the essentials? And, and I'm going to boil it down to something very, very simple. Basically, it's, it's two basic things. Uh, first of all, uh, just as a general definition, the, the, the fear of the Lord is the continual awareness that I am in the presence of a holy, just, and almighty God, and that every thought and every word and every action and every deed is open before him and is being judged by him. So that boils down to two things. Number one, the fear of the Lord is knowing that God is watching you. Knowing that, that uh, he is always got, he always has his eye on us. In uh, Psalm 139 verse 2, thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. One of the things that, that I have noticed recently whenever I go through now the, the Gospels, go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 
uh, it talks a lot, this, this statement or comment, something along these lines, is, is said often about Jesus Christ. It says that he, he knew what they thought, he knew what was in their heart, and he responded accordingly. Uh, God not only knows your deeds, God knows your thoughts. He knows, he knows everything that you're thinking of. Uh, Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 3, this was, a, this was a pet verse. I've memorized this verse by default in our home. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Well, is, that's a good thing to tell your kids when they're young so that they understand that, listen, God is always watching you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10 for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. And all those things will be, will be brought out in the open and will be known. Proverbs chapter 5 and verse 21. For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. There's nothing that you think, there's nothing that you do that God is not aware of and cognizant of. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 16 and verse 17. For mine eyes are upon all their ways. They are not hid from my face, neither is their iniquity hid from mine eyes. Uh, everything that goes on in our hearts and every deed that we commit, God knows those things, and he is watching. Then secondly, the fear of the Lord is not only knowing that God is watching, but also knowing the, the promise that secrets will be exposed and will be dealt with in my, in my personal life. Uh, Luke chapter 8, 8 and verse 17 says, For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. God knows all and will reveal all. In Luke chapter 12 and verse 3, it says, Therefore whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear in, in closets shall be proclaimed upon the, uh, upon the housetops. Over in Galatians chapter 6, it says, Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Why is that? Well, because there is a promise that everything that, that uh, is secret will be exposed. And, uh, uh, you know, if, if you ever just stopped and thought of this, how would the, the fear of the Lord, if you really grabbed a hold of it, how would the fear of the Lord change the way that you live? Uh, if you really feared the Lord, what thoughts would change? If you knew that, that, that uh, you're not really going to get away with anything, and that's true of all of us, uh, what thoughts would change? What words would not be spoken? What would you withhold? Uh, what actions would cease? What attitudes would be corrected? And what motives would would be would be purified if uh, if 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 we really got a hold of this concept of fearing God. Um, how does how does a person learn to fear the Lord? And I'm I'm just going to give you three three simple things that you can do that are talked about in God's Word. That uh, that if we do these things, the Lord says we can learn to fear the Lord. 
Uh, take your Bibles, and, and uh, I'm not going to read it to you. Now, now, you have to, now you have to do some work. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 17. Deuteronomy 17. In Deuteronomy 17, though they don't have a king yet, uh, God knew that Israel was going to envy the heathen nations. He knew that one day that they would demand a king. And so he says, listen, if you ever do get a king, this is what this king needs to do. And uh, he gives some instructions in, in verses 18 and 19. These are actually instructions concerning a king. And in verses, verse 18, it says, And it shall be when he, and that's speaking of the king, when he sitteth upon the throne of the kingdom, that he shall write him a copy of this law, the word of God, in a, in a book out of that which is before the priests, the Levites. And it shall be with him, and he shall read therein all the days of his life. He's supposed to read it every day. That he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of this law and these statutes to do them. One of the ways that, that uh, we can learn to fear God is by simply reading and reverencing God's word. Get to know the God whom you serve. And the only, the only way you can really get to know him is by starting off in the word of God and getting into the Bible and finding out what God says about himself. Um, understand the person whom you're serving. Uh, claim promises. I was challenged. It was within the first year, year and a half of, of being saved. I was, at a, I was at a college and career retreat. In fact, I remember... I remember the speaker. The speaker was Mel Sabaka. Mel Sabaka has since gone home to be with the Lord, but he was a real challenge and a real blessing and a real help in my life in the early, early stages of my Christianity. And um, he made, a, he made a, a comment. He said, he said, listen, folks, he says, there are over 3,000 promises in the Bible that you can claim personally. Now, that's a lot of promises. He says, how many do you know and how many have you claimed? He says, you, it, it's your responsibility to find out what they are. It's your responsibility to claim them because God wants you to be blessed in your personal life. And, and uh, what that will do is that will teach you a little bit more about the God whom you serve and it will also cause you to, to fear him. We need to obey his commandments, find out what it is that he requires of us, and then, then do what, what he tells us to do. Um, another thing that it'll do, when you, when you read the Bible, what you learn is cause and effect. I quoted you the verse before, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. That's, that's true both positively and negatively. It works both ways. You, you sow to the flesh, you'll reap the flesh. You sow to the spirit, you reap the spirit. You sow good, you'll reap good. You sow evil, you'll reap evil. It's just that simple. But uh, understanding that cause and effect, you see a lot of that all the way through the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is loaded with cause and effect. And uh, uh, when, we, when we see that, that really helps us to understand why and how we need to, to, to fear the Lord. 
Take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. In Proverbs chapter 2, I want you to look with me. Verses 1 through 5. Proverbs chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. It says, my son, attend unto my wisdom. Oh, wrong, wrong chapter. Excuse me, I'm in 5. I'm in 5-2 rather than 2-5. Two, 2-1 two, two, through 5. Two, chapter 2, verse 1. says, my son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures. Now what he's just, what he's just described is just a desire to get to know the truths that God has for us in his word, to know wisdom and to know God. And in verse 5, it says, Then, if we have that desire, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So reading and reverencing God's word and getting into the Bible will help us to, to fear the Lord. Here's another thing that will help us to fear the Lord. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 14. Deuteronomy chapter 14. In Deuteronomy 14, look down at verses 22 and 23. Verses 22 and 23. It says, Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed, that the, the field bringeth forth year by year. And thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose to place his name there, the tithe of thy corn and of thy wine and of thy, thine oil and the firstlings of thy herds and of thy flocks, that thou mayest learn to fear the Lord thy God always. One of the ways you can, you can learn to fear God is by tithing. Uh, tithing is just simply giving 10% Right off the top of everything that God gives to you, give it to God. Uh, in, the, in the scriptures, the Bible says and reiterates this, that the tithe is the Lord's. It always has been God's. He never gave it back to us. And uh, he always deserves the first 10% off the top. Proper faith and proper fear go hand in hand. Uh, when a person tithes, they have to trust God. When a person tithes... They, they have to believe that God will take care of them or re will reward them. And that, that, that causes us to have some fear of the Lord in us. Fearing God is, is acknowledging that he is in control of everything, including our finances. And uh, if take your Bibles and, and turn with me to uh, the book of Malachi. It's the very last book in your Old Testament. Book of Malachi. In chapter 3 and verses 8 through 11, this is a classic passage that oftentimes when preachers talk about tithing, they go to, and, and rightfully so. But in, in verse 8, it begins, 8 through 11, it says, Will a man rob God? You say, 
uh, yet ye uh, will a man rub, rob God? Yet ye have robbed me, but ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? And then he says, in tithes and offerings. They had withheld tithes and offerings from God, and because of that, he's accusing them of robbing God. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation, bringing all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I, have not, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will, will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts." And uh, he, he's talking there about, about tithing. He says, wherein have you robbed God? Well, you've robbed him in tithes and offerings. Let me ask you a question. Aren't you afraid of robbing God? <laughs> Aren't you afraid of withholding something from God that he says is rightfully his and not yours? I am. I really am. And, and the more you understand that concept and the more you practice that concept, according to the Bible, God says he teaches us the fear of the Lord. And then one, one more uh, thing that helps us to understand the fear of the Lord and to, to practice and to learn to fear God. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 in your New Testament, verses 5 through 10, deals with God chastening his children. If you're a child of God, the Bible promises that uh, you're going to be chastened. The Bible says he scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. So that, that just simply means that uh, if, if, if you're a child of God, you're going to get, you're going to get spanked, so to speak, uh, if, if you do wrong and if you disobey God. In Hebrews 12, verses 5 through 10, it says, And ye have forgotten the, the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him, for whom the Lord loveth he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons, for what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. In other words, illegitimate. You're not really child, a child of God. Verse 9, furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Uh, shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after, uh, after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. So it's talking there about, about the painful consequences uh, to violating God's, God's uh, commands and violating God's holiness in our lives. Now, look, go with me to the very end of that chapter, and look down in verses 28 and 29. This is what he concludes with after saying all of that and, and more. In verses 28 and 29, he says, Wherefore, we, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, 
let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Now, in particularly verse, verse 28, there's something that's very important. There's, you hear, I, I, I have heard this definition given probably more than any other definition by other preachers. That, that all, all simply the fear of the Lord is, is just simply godly reverence. No, it's not because godly reverence is separate from fear. If you look with me at the end of that, of that verse, of verse 28, it talks about that we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. So, so they're not the same. They're combined, but, but they're different. And godly fear is just simply a, a fear and trembling uh, relating uh, sin's painful consequences to God's holiness, realizing that, that uh, God uh, does not take sin lightly. And we, when we realize that, we can, we can strengthen and develop the fear of the Lord. Now, what are the, what are the consequences? What are the consequences upon a nation that does not fear God? I want us to look at just three consequences quickly, and then I'll be done. Take your Bibles and turn to Jeremiah chapter 2. Jeremiah chapter 2. In Jeremiah chapter 2, I want you to look at verse 19. Now, much of the book of Jeremiah is a, a book of warning and a book of exhortation. And uh, at the time, Israel was not serving God, and they were not, they're not, not fearing God. And because of that, they were, they were heading into captivity, and God was warning them. And in Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 19, it says, But I said, and again, he's talking to a nation. He says, But I said, How shall I put thee among the children? And give thee a pleasant land, a goodly heritage of the, of the hosts of nations. And I said, thou shalt call me my father and shalt not. And I'm not, I'm not reading the right one, am I? Nope. Let me go back. Okay, 19. I was in three. Thine own wickedness. Thine own wickedness shall correct thee. And thy backslidings shall reprove thee. Know therefore and see that it is an evil thing and bitter that thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God and that the, my fear is not in thee, saith the Lord God of hosts. And what he's just simply saying is that if you don't have the fear of the Lord, if a nation doesn't have the fear of the Lord in them, then that nation will be afflicted by the consequences of its own wickedness. Does that sound familiar? Look at America today. What are we suffering from? You know, people, one of the, one of the, the issues in this last election, regardless of which, which side you took on the election, one of the issues was violence in our cities and, and uh, people just not feeling safe. Well, that's one of the consequences of a lack of the fear of the Lord. We're afflicted uh, by our own wickedness. And then secondly, uh, Jeremiah chapter 5, if you would turn with me over there, Jeremiah chapter 5, and look in verses 23 and 24 and 28. 
5.23 says, But this people hath a revolting and a rebellious heart. Uh, they are revolted and gone. Neither say they in their heart, Let us now fear the Lord our God that giveth rain, both the former and the latter in a season. He reserveth unto us the appointed weeks of the harvest. The reason why they were having problems is because they just did not fear God. And uh, look down in verse 28. It says, They are waxen fat, they shine. Yea, they overpass the deeds of the wicked. Again, are we seeing that today? Yeah, we're seeing it all over the place. We're seeing it particularly in the state of New York where someone is caught in an offense and rather than putting them in jail, they're just given a ticket to show up at court someday and they're allowed to run free. Um, it says, they are waxen fat, they shine, they overpass the deeds of the wicked. They judge not the cause, the cause of the fatherless, yet they prosper, and the right of the needy do they not judge. In, in, in other words, the, the whole legal system gets corrupted, and that's exactly what's happened in our country. And, and who is connecting those things with the fear of the Lord? Uh, you, just, you just don't hear that today. And then last of all, go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy 28 is, uh, of course, the whole book of Deuteronomy is Moses admonishing the nation of Israel before they go into the, the promised land. And one of the, one of the things he, he tells them about is in Deuteronomy 28, it's a, it's a blessing, cur blessing slash curse chapter. Uh, he says, if you, if you do right, these are the blessings you'll get. If you disobey God, these are the, the curses that you'll get. These are the, the consequences that you get. And look in Deuteronomy 28 and verses 43 and 44. Verse 43 says, The stranger that is within thee shall get up above thee very high. And they shall come down very low. He shall lend to thee, and thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head, and thou shalt be the, the tail. And it's talking about people from other countries. We're finding that China is becoming our head uh, and, and is, is really has a tremendous influence on what we do as a country. Why is that? Well, it's because we've not feared the Lord. Uh, look with me down in verse uh, 58, same chapter. Verse 58, If thou wilt not observe to do all the, the words of this law that are written in this book, that thou mayest fear this glorious and fearful name, the Lord thy God. Uh, the reason why the, the curses were to fall upon Israel, according to Deuteronomy 28, it's just simply because they did not fear the Lord. And that's the consequences of a nation who does not fear God. Fear of the Lord is an essential doctrine for the Christian. Uh, you know, uh, how, how much do you fear God? And how much does it, does it control and does it influence uh, the decisions that you make day, day by day? Do you, you know, again, when, when our kids were growing up, we uh, oftentimes quoted the verse, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. How much do we 
we consciously think about the fact that God knows our our uh, our our, our down sittings, our uprisings. He knows what we're doing. He knows what we're thinking. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I, I thank you so much for the reminder in your word, and, and it's all the way through your Bible. It's all the way through your book. Over and over and over again, we are admonished, exhorted, and even warned that we must, we just must fear the Lord. And sometimes we let that drop in our lives. Sometimes we, we uh, get a little apathetic or we get a little flippant in our relationship with our God. Uh, God, tonight, may the reset button in our hearts and lives just be hit. And may we realize that, uh, Lord, uh, you're a, a God to be loved, and I know that, and I do love you, but you're also a God to be feared, and we know that too, and we love you, and we fear you. It's good to have both of those, those attitudes in our hearts and lives to keep us straight, to keep us right before you. Lord, if there's an area of our life, or maybe several areas, where our where our fear of you has slipped and it's obvious, it's starting to show. God, help us to realize that you are a God to be feared. Uh, those whom you love, you chasten and scourgeth every son whom you, whom you receive. And therefore, we ought to fear you. Please work in our hearts tonight. And uh, God, as you do so, will respond and say yes to you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all